bring my friend Bob Dane, whom I have known since 1991, is the executive director of FAIR. And uh, how you doing? This thing is great. How could it be 1991 since we're both in our early 30s? The math doesn't work here. For me, math never works. You know, yeah. It took me a long time to realize 1 plus 1 does not equal 11. Okay, however. <laughs> we, we love having you here. Set the stage. Beautiful day. Capitol Hill. Really is. And you are at the, um, we, you know, there's an old saying, if you want politicians to see the light, you got to make them feel the heat. Mm. So that's why we call it Hold the Feet to the Fire. There you go. Yeah. This is actually the largest annual gathering of Radio Talk Host in the country, and it is now our 11th year. Excellent. Started back in 2005, Roger Hedgecock, who was a talk host at Kogo mm -hmm. in San Diego, he sure. had the idea years ago to bring four or five talk hosts, all broadcasting from Washington. Then they went up to the Hill and lobbied their lawmakers. And um, the next year he did that. Uh, he approached FAIR. It tripled in size in 2006. This event, along with the collective amplitude of talk radio, shut down the McCain-Kennedy amnesty bill. Fast forward to about 2013, keep picking up more and more talk hosts. And that year we had 45 talk hosts, Duke. And um, as the New York Times said, uh, this event and uh, the collective energy of talk radio coast to coast shut down that deplorable gang of eight bill. What year was that? That was 2013. Okay. This year uh, it's 2017, and we have 62 hosts. But here's the big difference. For most of the... Uh, life of this event, which is really a celebration of talk radio, yeah. is um, we're playing offense now, mm -hmm. not defense. It is a change, and the McCain-Kennedy bill was going to basically just say, if you're in the country, you can stay, something it, like that? Uh, it, it had a massive amnesty provisions. It gutted uh, what little enforcement was occurring at that point, and it had the plans for quadruple legal immigration. It made no sense. There was no definable public interest in any of that. No. And that really is what FAIR, uh, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, is all about. I mean, we're a nonpartisan uh, group, and uh, at the end of the day, we're here to promulgate, to suggest, to educate the public as to this idea that whatever we do with immigration ought to be serving our broad national interest, not the narrow self-interest of business interests looking to throw the American worker under the bus and deflate wages using foreign labor, or the Democrat Party who, I know you know this well, they, they use it. swell their ranks. Yeah. They use immigration as a blunt political instrument. Absolutely. You know, and how? Because if you import millions and millions of low-skilled, heavily government-dependent people, they don't tend to vote for the party of Small uh, yeah, government. Yeah, perpetually needy. And, uh, of course, the Democrats in their uh, convention last year, they removed from their platform the plank that said incoming Im immigrants should learn English. They removed that. Okay, so they were basically saying you can come to America, you do not have to learn our language, which means you do not have to take on any trappings of our culture at all. You don't have to become an American. We'll just give you a bunch of money if you vote for us. That was basically the deal. Well, uh, look, it, it, a country is more than just an economy. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the elitist and the globalist consider um, our planet is just this uh, huge international economy and human beings are relegated to international uh, exchangeable com commodities of, of, of labor. 
Maybe it's an antiquated idea, but we happen to believe that a nation has a right and a responsibility to limit uh, its immigration, to define the terms under which somebody comes into the country and enhance and secure its security. And we also believe that human beings have uh, dignity, and they're not just international units of labor. And therefore, you use immigration to preserve and protect the equilibrium in the job market. But when you flood in your own country, in your yeah. own country, but when you flood it, um, you you lose that equilibrium. Wages go down. Unemployment is high. Duke, think about That's what, what we've got right now. Think about what we're doing. You've got you've, you're bringing in about one and a half million people each and every year, legal immigrants. Then you've got about 12, 13 million illegal immigrants occupying jobs they have no legal right to. On top of that, you've got 900,000 foreign guest workers on top of that. And yet you still have 18 million Americans who are desperately seeking for uh, seeking work. It makes no sense. You've got to use immigration in order to tighten the labor market. It's, uh, I wanted all immigration ended into the country on the afternoon of September 11, 2001, and George W. Bush did not. And I think that, we, you know, we're paying a price for it. We had San Bernardino. We had Orlando. You know, we had all because that guy's parents didn't get here until after 2001. This is, I think it's a very, very serious error. There's dead Americans as a result of it. The entire immigration argument began to change after 9-11 before it was just these folks who wanted to come mow your lawn and do jobs that Americans wouldn't do, which, by that's the way, mythology. Which, by the way, is complete yeah, mythology. Yeah, that's nonsense. You know, the majority of people who are occupied in groundskeeping, janitorial, landscaping, and chauffeur jobs are Americans. So how can you say that Americans won't do those jobs? Yeah, it's bizarre. Can you stay with us for a couple of minutes? We're going to take a quick break. You bet. My Thank pleasure. you very much. All right, 92.7 WGMD, the talk of Delmarva, 416 at the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Hold their feet to the fire radio row in the District of Columbia, block away from the Capitol. We'll be right back after this on 92.7 WGMD. Radio Free Delmarva coming to you from the Federation for American Immigration Reform radio row in Washington, D.C., Hard by the United States Capitol. Bob Dane, my old friend from uh, about, what are we, almost 30 years now? Mm -hmm. uh, 1990, somewhere around there, right? Uh, Bob is the executive director of the Federation for American Immigration Reform. We do have a caller, and uh, let's go ahead and take that caller, and uh, you're live on the air. Who's this? Duke. Speaking. Yeah, you're on the air, sir. Yeah, Punga T. Bob. Okay, Bob, how are you? <laughs> it's been a little bit since we had broke bread together. Yes, yes. Um, wanted to thank the gentleman for uh, his service and his dedication and devotion to uh, his uh, passion. And it's very refreshing, isn't it? I uh, stand with him. As, Good. Uh, many of uh, patriots and uh, conservatives do. Okay. Bob, thank you so much for calling, my friend. I wanted to say thank you. Uh, I missed the other guest, uh, and I just wanted to say a note. I found out what was done at the Delaware State Legislature by our radical liberal Democrat attorney and uh, lieutenant governor. And uh, when Bonini and Lawson stood up 
mm-hmm. and walked out. I wish I was standing there and walking out with them. There are a lot of people uh, that would uh, reflect that and agree with you, and I'm one of them. Bob, thank you so much for calling. What Bob was talking about was that they had a Muslim prayer day in the Delaware State Legislature in Dover. There were two or three Republicans that got up and walked out, which is exactly what I would have done. I mean, it's one thing to bring in non-English-speaking, unskilled third world people to garden and that could it's something else to allow in people whose entire culture is based on the idea that no other culture shall be allowed to exist and that's what the Mohammedans are yeah and then then of course you get into the rather lofty and lengthy conversation of what constitutes an ideology versus yes. a religion because inherent in there are your constitutional protections I will say that you know given given the heightened state of um, turmoil uh, nationally and globally that we're really in a situation now where we have to strike a delicate balance between vetting and screening and the preservation of civil liberties. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the president recognized that. He started very quickly with executive orders. Inherent in one of those executive orders was uh, the travel ban. Mm -hmm. We've got a little reprieve from the Supreme Court today. They're going to hash that out uh, when they reopen. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a refreshing indicator that they will probably fall down on the side of the president. Why? Because it's the law, 8 U.S.C. 1182. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, you know, I know we only just have a minute uh, left, but I think we're in a very good position here. Um, the president has gotten off to a very good start. Executive action is good, provided you have statutory sure. authority to do that. But the gold standard. Which stand, he does. He does. You bet he does. And by the way, Obama never did. But the, it was okay with the media, right? But when yeah. when our president, when 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 Trump has executive actions, of course, you got to go to the Ninth Circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, look, um, the gold standard here is legislation. Congress has got to get off their butt uh, and solidify, codify everything that the president has already telegraphed. Um, and I think the most important thing for listeners to do is to let their lawmakers know that if they support the president's immigration agenda, man, it is vital that they let their lawmakers know because the longer, the farther away from the election we get, the more likely these career elitist politicians in Washington are going to forget what not only was an election, but an earthquake. Yeah, it was. And the number one issue was immigration. And right now, Ryan and McConnell are obstructing and delaying just as badly as the Democrats. They are just permanent, entrenched U.S. legislators. They're not Republicans, really. They're just permanent. Which is one of the reasons FAIR has always been a a nonpartisan group. We take heat and we give heat to to both sides because both sides are complicit. Ultimately, we need an immigration reform policy that has, as its heart, reasonable enforcement of rational laws that serve our broad national interests, not special interests. Absolutely. Bob, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Really appreciate it. Okay, I'll see you at the reception afterwards. Thank you, my friend. 92.7 WGMD, 25 minutes after 4. Duke Brooks here in the District of Columbia at the Federation for American Immigration Reform Radio Row. We're going to take a quick.